This podcast channel is about you, successful international entrepreneurs, successful expats, successful investors, sponsored by HCJ Contacts. Good evening, uh, good afternoon to most of you, and good morning to anybody who may be in a different time zone. Welcome to HEJ.tax. We do these live streams every week. This has been a particularly busy week. We've been doing about three live streams this week, but typically it's one per week. If you want to catch what the next ones would be, you just go to HEJ.tax. So today we have the, the honor and the privilege of Hervé leading the talk on French taxation. As always, please note that this is being recorded. If you're with us on Zoom and you do not want your image to appear, you just need to keep your camera switched off. For those who had colleagues or friends that could not make it, it will be recorded and will be available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your favorite podcast, you're going to be able to see a copy of this, including on our website, hg.txt. Please keep in mind that we are not giving advice. We're having a general conversation about general principles. You can take it as education or you can take it as entertainment, but it is not advice. If you want legally binding advice, you'd need to reach out to Hervé or myself and engage us and we will understand your situation inside out and therefore being in position to give you advice. No one can give you advice based on uh, a few sentences or a soundbite on a Zoom live stream. So with that in mind, I'll turn you over to Hervé and he will present for about 20, 25 minutes. And then we get into the Q&A. I know that you guys have sent in questions. Those who have sent by email, we have received them and we will address them in the order in which they have been received. If you have questions and you didn't get a chance to submit them, please type in the boxes below and we'll get to them in the order in which you type them. Without further ado, Hervé, the floor is yours. So hello. Um, oh, So I have to share my screen. Ah, where has it gone? Uh, yes, it is here. Okay. So uh, I'll go a bit around uh, uh, around the taxes that exist in France the main ones. Uh, I am Serge Belleuve, I am a chartered accountant uh, in France, in the Paris area. And uh, I usually work with Darren to, for uh, clients uh, who have, well, they can be residents in France or residents uh, somewhere else, but have uh, something to do with uh, French tax office and American tax office. Uh, so I'll go a bit around uh, the, the main taxes in France. Uh, uh, yes, just about uh, starting a business in France to begin. Uh, usually France has uh, not so such a good image uh, 
about uh, setting up an activity, uh, but there is uh, the World Bank was doing a study every year, which is called doing business. And uh, it stated that when they, when they make a ranking of all the countries in the world, we had uh, we were the 37th country where it was the most e where it was quite easy to to set up a build to set up a company, and we had a global note on different uh, criteria of 93. Uh, in fact, to to make a business to in France, uh, it is about less than one week. Uh, some say that uh, legally the court of commerce has one day to to, to create a company, uh, and there is no restriction for uh, American citizens uh, to to set up a country in France, except for some uh, except uh, for some jobs uh, like chartered accountants with some special. Uh, some special competence are, are required. <clears throat> uh, the main questions you have to, to answer uh, to, to set up a company are the legal status, whether you want to work in it as an independent or as a company, you'll have the choice uh, to be taxed under personal income tax or corporate tax. And we'll see the differences uh, in a few minutes. You may choose whether it is a professional or non-professional activity. And uh, what will be very important uh, for social contributions is to define whether you are self-employed or uh, employed as a salaried worker of the company. As both uh, choices are available, and, uh, but it is really an important choice uh, for, for, for the life of the company. Uh, first, the first tax I wanted to, to go around was uh, what we call in French impôt sur les sociétés, which is in fact uh, the company income tax. So the, the principles, basic principle are that the taxpayer is the company and not the shareholder uh, or the manager. Le, the, the taxation is based on the net result so the, the gross revenue less the, the expenses needed to acquire or maintain the revenue. And uh, this net result must be uh, determined by accounting books. So uh, we have uh, taxation, which is very linked to, to accounting. Uh, the ways to reduce this, uh, this tax is mainly based on some tax credits and the main tax credits in fact are uh, are especially do uh, are especially designed for researchers so uh, we have what we call crédit d'impôt recherche or jeune entreprise innovante uh, but uh, all this uh, requires in fact that you are inspected by the ministry of research uh, the rate of uh, this uh, commercial income tax, it is 15% uh, of the net result uh, for companies who are owned by uh, physical persons, uh, up to a result of 38, uh, 120 euros. And above this result, then the rate is 25. 
percent uh, over the years. Over the last years, uh, this rate has gone decreasing, but now it is uh, we have uh, achieved the objective at uh, putting it at uh, 25 percent. So in the coming future, in the near future, it shouldn't go down again. Uh, the taxation, if you distribute uh, dividends, then the taxation for the shareholders is uh, 30%. But then all taxes are paid and uh, you keep the 70% uh, left. Uh, the, our main tax, in fact, as the basis of all the taxation system on the revenues is uh, the personal income tax. Uh, it is uh, usually considered as uh, changing every year, but I see that uh, our people who don't know it see it, uh, because it was established in 1917. It is uh, really... Uh, uh, a taxation mode that has been established to finance the, war, the First World War. And since then, we have kept it. Uh, it uh, all the taxpayers are only physical persons. Uh, in fact, sometimes you say that some companies are taxed under this personal income tax, but in fact, it, do, it does only mean that uh, their revenues are taxed in the person of uh, in the in the person of the shareholders. Uh, what will be very important is to determine whether your tax residence is in France or abroad, and uh, to determine that the rules are given by the tax treaty between France and the U.S. Globally, a tax treaty uh, defines where revenues are to be taxed. It is uh, structured. By, uh, by type of revenues. And then it says uh, it is to be taxed in this country or in this country. Uh, globally, if you are non-resident in France, you will be taxed mainly on real estate revenues because real estate revenues in all countries are always taxed in the country where the real estate is. We have uh, no consideration of nationalities, so be you American or whatsoever, you are considered as a, as a French uh, person as taxation is concerned. A lot of people in France don't pay this tax. It is only paid by 40% of the population because it has a progressive rate and uh, the marginal rate begins at zero. So, uh, so a lot of people don't pay it and the marginal rate of uh, this tax can grow to 45%. In fact, the, the first euros of revenue are taxed at zero, then uh, at 11%, then above at 30%, etc. And for very high revenues, there is a temporary contribution of three or 4% above that. And the temporary contribution has lasted from 2008 and we don't know the end, but it is temporary. Uh, yes, about the U.S. revenues, uh, if you are in France, uh, well, globally, the, the revenues are taxed where the person is. The main exception, as I've already said, that is, is the real estate where the taxation occurs in the country where the real estate is. 
if there are some other revenues that are in the US, for example, uh, it does, even though they are to be taxed in the US, it doesn't mean there are, they are not to be declared in France. But there is a tax credit which will avoid the double taxation. And I think uh, you can reverse the principle if you are in the US and have some revenues in France. I think the, the IRS is very interested at, at knowing your revenues in other countries. That's the same in France. Uh, that is very important. Uh, our friend, our personal income tax is not determined by person, but per household. Uh, remember that it was uh, built in 1917, where globally only the husband was working. Uh, so uh, a household will be two adults, um, we adults uh, maximum. And they must have a legal link. They must be married or have a PAX, what we call a PAX in France. And uh, you can incorporate in the household the children uh, who have uh, at least one parent in the two adults. Uh, all children in under 18 are considered as part of the household. You have an option between 18 and 25 years old. And there is no obligation that the children live at the same address as their parents. So you can be, for example, in France, have a child who is a student somewhere else in the world and consider his or her revenues and uh, get the advantages of it. Uh, inside an household, all revenues are globalized. So if you say uh, you are giving a pension to, for example, a child who is in your household, then there is no reduction for that. Uh, it is inside your household you do what you want. Uh, but uh, in an household, the, all the revenues are totalized before determining, uh, before determining the, the tax to be paid. Uh, I have done a little chart to, to illustrate the effect of this household. Uh, they, the blue line, uh, well, the orange line is the tax to be paid depending on revenues when there is only one person is in this household. For the same revenue with two adults and two children in the household, then it is a blue line. Okay, so it has really, uh, it has really an effect on the global tax to be paid. Uh, most uh, most of the personal income tax, well, it must be declared every year, but the tax office, get, uh, it is mostly paid by uh, a withholding tax. Uh, so where does the tax office uh, get the information of your revenues? If you have wages or pensions, uh, then uh, it is the duty of the employer of, or the pension fund or etc. To, to give the information to the tax office. Uh, for investment income, for capital gains, it is the banks who have to declare the revenues to the tax office. If you have some, uh, for the other types of revenues, then in fact you need uh, accounting. If you have income from, from a real estate property, then it is a quite simplified form of accounting. 
and for uh, business profits, non-commercial profits or agricultural profits, you will need full accounting books. For small companies, there are some simplified ways uh, to declare the revenues that avoid the cost of accounting books. Uh, this is what we call the micro foncier or micro uh, LMNP or micro entrepreneur, etc. Uh, I want to insist that uh, it is an administrative simplification, but it doesn't mean at all that you pay less with a simplification scheme. Uh, in fact, the, the principle is that you declare only your gross revenue and the tax office will, uh, will give you a, a tax rate, it will reduce the revenue with a defined rate. But uh, in some cases, it is not the most interesting for you. So it is quite a nice thing, I think, to, to do the study and to check whether it is uh, the best solution. Even the people consider that as they are small, the, the administrative simplification will be the best solution for them. I'm not so sure. How to reduce uh, this uh, personal income tax? The most expensive scheme for the tax office is uh, employing, in fact, someone at home because uh, you can have a tax credit of 50% of the cost of this person. This will apply to certain jobs only, but uh, it is housekeeping, gardening, and uh, there are some chartered accountants like me who can give this tax credit to file your tax return. Of course, this only applies to uh, French residents, uh, be they American or not, it doesn't apply uh, for non-residents. Even though, sorry, I've not insisted on that. If you are, are non-resident, but have revenues in France, you may have to file a tax return, especially if you have some uh, real estate revenues. Okay, so uh, you can have something to declare even if though you are a non-resident. We have uh, uh, another tax which is called CSG. Um, in the CSG has begun with very low rates. So people uh, don't rate so much, but now the rates have increased and it is quite a noticeable uh, tax. Uh, it is a special tax which is used to, to finance the social security system. If you have wages of salary, for example, the rate will be 9.70. But if you have typically real estate revenues, then the rate will be 17.20%. And a part is deductible the next year. It is very quite difficult to, to understand. Uh, people don't consider so much, people don't see so much the CSG as it is either in the social contributions for their salaries or when you pay dividends, uh, it is included in the rate of 30%. But in fact, inside the 30%, there are 17.20 for CSG and only 12.80 uh, for uh, the personal income tax. And so when you have this kind of revenue, uh, then the personal income tax is calculated. And then there is an addendum uh, for the CSG, 
on uh, especially patrimonial revenues. <clears throat> uh, this CSG also applies when you sell something and uh, calculate uh, capital gains. Uh, another tax I wanted to, to tell you about is uh, Impost sur la Fortune Immobilier. It is a wealth tax. Compared uh, for the last five years, it has been uh, changed. Uh, and uh, it, uh, before 2020, oh, 2017, all the, uh, all the wealth of a person was considered. Now it is only the real estate uh, patrimony. And uh, so it will include the basis for taxation will be the real estate you own personally and the real estate you own through companies where real estate is uh, over 50% of the assets. You will be, uh, you will be a taxpayer for this tax if your real estate is over 1.3 million euros. And uh, the, what we were, were considering, we were speaking of the household for, uh, for the personal income tax. And then this, re, this rule of the household does apply to for, uh, for uh, the wealth tax. So it means that if you are in a couple, uh, in a married couple, then you'll be a taxpayer if the global real estate uh, patrimony is over 1.3 million euros for the two persons. If you are French residents, this limit of 1.3 million will be applied to your real estate worldwide. If you are non-resident but have some real estate in France, only the real estate will be uh, only the real estate in France will be considered. So what again, even though you are non-residents, maybe you have something to declare uh, in France. Because 1.3 million, it is, it is an apartment in Paris. Quite, uh, I would say, uh, with three or four main, uh, main rooms, but an apartment in Paris is commonly over 1.3 million euros. The rates of uh, this uh, tax will uh, begin at uh, 0.5% and uh, it increases but, uh, to 1.5, but you need quite a, a, an imported wealth to be at 1.5%. And there is a tax credit if you have to pay in the US, the federal, the federal wealth tax. Again, the principle of avoiding the double taxation. Uh, if um, uh, we have some schemes to facilitate uh, the, the coming of uh, US, uh, US people into France. So there is a special scheme for impatriates. Uh, it applies when you are a company in France, whatever your, your origin, and uh, you want to recruit a manager abroad to work in France. This manager mustn't have uh, been a resident in France for the five last years. Uh, then you, you make an employment contract where you identify uh, the normal salary 
and then an impatriation, an impatriation premium. For personal income tax, the premium will be not taxable for eight years. And as wealth tax is considered, or uh, the rules for non-residents will apply, I think that's for five years. And this means so this person will only be taxed on his real estate in France and not on his real estate abroad. That's what I wanted to, to tell you to have a quick overview of uh, some French taxes and uh, how it can impact uh, your situation. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for that, anyway. So what we will do is just jump into the questions. Again, for those who just joined us, uh, if you email the questions in advance, we have them. If you want to ask a question, now just type them in the box below and we get to them in the order in which they were sent. So the first question is someone is asking how uh, independent contractors or how is independent contractor revenue uh, from the U.S. viewed and taxed in France? So someone is tax resident in France and they're an independent contractor with clients in the U.S. How is that going to be taxed? It depends on the address you put in your, on your invoice. If you, are considered, if you consider that you are established in the U.S., well, um, the principal world, the tax treaty first will say, where are you a tax resident? The tax residence will be mainly determined on where do you spend most of your time in France or in the US? If you spend more than six months in a country, then you are a resident in this country. Now you, we have people who spend uh, four months in three countries and so the, uh, so there are other rules that say where are your main, uh, where is your family, where are your main financial interests. Uh, then you can say you are an independent worker in the US or in France. If you are an independent worker in the US, you can completely work for a French client. There is no problem with that. Uh, the problem will be that you, after a while, you'll build, in fact, a permanent establishment in France. Then you'll have to pay VAT in France. Then after a while, you have to consider the, that the, the, the job, the, the service is produced in France or in the US. So that, that's, in fact, the main question. Where have you produced the service? If it is produced in the US and it is taxed in the US, if it is produced in France, then you have to set up your company, get an identification number that will be used for personal income tax, that will be used for VAT. And then you have also social contributions to pay in France. Okay, so, so just to, to summarize for the benefit of the person that asked, it really depends on where, I mean, I know that the person says they're resident in France right now, but are they tax resident in France? In the sense, as you mentioned, with the 183 day you, test or the, or the center you, of life test, right? You can yeah. be an independent worker having yeah. some activity in France and having some activity in the US. Uh, exactly. The most, yeah. I would say as an accountant, produce mm -hmm. two sets of invoices. One mm -hmm. with a French address, one with an American address. And so it will tell us for this job, I have produced it in France. For this job, I have produced it in the US. 
And so of much. course, all that was defined before Zoom was existing. <laughs> <laughs> so right. now, certainly, but these are rules that are considered as a level of OECD, etc. And these are rules right. of the years after the Second World War. So mm -hmm. certainly, they need to be adapted to our current world. Understood. So in, in short, I would recommend that whoever asked this question, perhaps reach out to everybody and, oh. and seek a consult where they can put all their cards on the table and help make uh, an informed decision. Because we don't have all the facts, right? But once they reach out to you, sure. you'll be able to point them in the right direction. Okay, question number two. I'm just repeating them in the order in which we receive them. Uh, someone is asking about the tax treaty. And so I'm not going to read it out because in your question, you referred to a table one and you're asking about tax on annuities. In the tax treaty, as we've seen it, you know, uh, Ervin and I did discuss this before we went live on this, on this uh, live stream. And we are not seeing a table one in the tax treaty. And so I'm not too sure what document you're looking at, but if you can perhaps, uh, if you, if you are able to right now, if you can send us a link uh, in the chat box below to what treaty document you're seeing with this table, and then we'll be able to address that. So uh, I apologize for that. Moving on to the next question. How is the 401k, which is a, a US retirement plan, seen from a French resident perspective? This is going to, this is tax in the US. Uh, what is the marginal tax rate for retirement plans when the retirement distribution is received by a, a, a French tax resident? Um, globally, pensions are to be taxed in France. They are taxed as uh, salaries. So, yeah, okay. uh, you know, I was uh, thinking a bit because I know there is a an article in the tax treaty about uh, about social security, but it, in fact, it says uh, it was on the other side. It was saying that uh, your contributions to the schemes were deductible. <laughs> That's what it says. Mm -hmm. uh, but in fact, when you receive the pension, then in France it is uh, taxable, whether you it comes from uh, France or the US or whatever country. Right. So it is taxable at the marginal tax rate, and you did show some of those numbers in, in your slides. Yeah. And in, in terms of, so if it is that it's gonna be taxed in the US uh, and it's US source, presumably you'll get a tax credit against whatever sure. the liability is. Sure, okay. the, the global principle is no double taxation. Okay, fantastic. So, <laughs> so again, it, don't, go, go ahead. But sometimes it happens that the tax credit is only partial and covers uh, the, the most, in most cases, the taxes in the US are lower than the French tax. So sometimes mm -hmm. the tax credit will cover the, uh, the cost of the US uh, tax, but you'll have to pay the supplementary tax as it is due in France. You see, if you are right. a, tax, a French tax resident. Exactly. So you're going to pay the higher of the two, but you're not yeah. going to be paid tax twice yeah. on the same. Okay, gotcha. Sure. All right. So I hope that answers your question, whoever that was. Next question. For foreigners residing in France with kids who do not live in France, how do you prepare for inheritance tax? And the person said it could be massive. So I guess they have a substantial portfolio of assets. Tax planning um, for inheritance taxes. 
as far as I know, I am not a notary and I am not really a specialist for inheritance. Mm -hmm. But inheritance laws worldwide will depend on the nationality of the person and where the money is and where the person will die. Mm. So, uh, because there are two levels to consider for inheritance. For example, in France, you don't have the right to disheritate your children. At, uh, for example, I have some children, I can decide for 20% of my wealth, I can say I give it to a charity, for example, but mm -hmm. I must leave 75% for my kids. Uh, and this is not at all the case in the US. So, as far as I know, and maybe it depends in the US on the state where you are. So you are first to consider who are the heirs, depending on uh, the law applicable, and then the taxation comes. And uh, But the taxation will not decide who are the heirs. They will only state, uh, we know the heirs first, and then uh, the taxation applies. So... Uh, we have some schemes in France to avoid inheritance rights, which are mainly called, uh, which are mainly life insurance. That's, uh, that would be the first, the first tool to use. Okay, so you definitely that the, the systems in the US and France are very different. The France, as you pointed out, has forced airship rules, which the US does oh. not. And it really, is- if you, have, if you have some, some questions, uh, if a client has some questions about that, I will transfer him to a notary who can speak English. Yeah, okay. So uh, and, is... uh, because, because really, this is not the matter of uh, chartered accountants. Okay, I understand. We, so, we must deal so, with day-to-day uh, -day taxes. <laughs> right, so it's a highly specialized area. Same in the US, yeah. you know, uh, if only it, the subcategories within tax, estate, planning and estate matters uh, is the area with the most litigation. So there's, you know, it, it is yeah, very, and, very peculiar. And really, yeah, it's very peculiar and notaries have tools that I don't know at all. For example, in a case for a client, I have discovered they had made a contract when they married with a wife mm -hmm. and the solutions were depending on the countries where the real estate was. So in some mm -hmm. countries they were in common in some other countries, they were apart, etc. Et they can do that, the notaries, and it's not at all my competence. Okay, so please reach out to, to myself yeah. or Ervi, and Ervi will point you in the direction. Uh, of and of course, specialist. if I have a question yeah. I cannot answer, I will transfer you to someone who could assist you. All right, so please do reach out to Ervi directly, and he'll point you in the right direction. Okay, moving on. Next question. I'm a retired American lawyer. I receive a check each month from a private disability policy, which I bought and paid all the premiums for. Since I paid for it and I'm not an employer, it is tax-free in the U.S. If I move to Paris, would France tax it? First, I'm sorry because I saw this question and it was, I think, uh, on the Easter day or something like that. And when I came back uh, to the office, I, I forgot uh, to answer. Uh, 
it is sure for me it is a taxable pension mm -hmm. uh, i don't see how some rules that are stated in the us could be imposed uh, in france uh, i don't know equi any equivalent system in france uh, for example when we say uh, life insurance is not to be taxed in France to, to say it simply. It is sure that if you get a life insurance in the US, it is not a, a legal life insurance as France sees it. Because in the, in the French laws, it will be written that it is a contract that must follow uh, the Article 25 on the insurance code in France, etc. So it is not possible to assure that an American contract could follow this, uh, this rule. So uh, I think it is the same in France. If you, if you have had a life insurance, and for example, it is not taxable, I'm sure it would be taxable in the US. That's a problem if you have very special schemes in a, in a country, it is not easy to transfer it to another country. Right. So it's it's highly likely that this will be taxable in France. Yeah. So. Yeah. But after that, we have to consider what is the rate, uh, what, what is the amount, what will be the rate of taxation, how it will apply, and... Uh, and uh, people live well in France. So we have the image of paying a lot of taxes and so on and so on, but we live well. So <laughs> no, it is true that in France we have certain services that are free for us and that would be uh, that could be expensive uh, in the US, but we pay for it through our taxes. Gotcha. Okay, moving on. Next question. Hello, here is my question. I'm a US citizen living in France. I have a US-based life insurance policy. Again, another insurance. Yeah. I have a US-based life insurance policy with my wife as the sole beneficiary. If I die, either in France or the US, while I am a French tax resident, does my wife have to pay any French tax on the payout she receives? Uh, I don't know life insurance in the U.S., but you have two mm -hmm. situations. If she if she gets a revenue every month, then for me it is a taxable revenue. If she gets a pension, mm -hmm. if she is in the U.S. at the time of uh, her husband diseases uh, and gets a, a capital, then mm -hmm. there is no revenue in France. When you transfer some some cash from the US to France, it is not a revenue hmm. when you transfer your capital. So it is not taxable. So it depends on the conditions uh, okay. when the person is deceased. Right, so it depends on the circumstances. So yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay, Tom, Tom, I hope that answers your question. Uh, and and uh, I want to insist that many people, sometimes I have some people calling me and they tell me, oh, I want to reduce what is the, the best way not to pay. And the logic we have as chartered accountants is to say we have to consider the circumstances and then we apply the rules. But it is not we put the circumstances so that uh, this will apply. It isn't, we don't change life. We consider life as a trend and yeah. then we apply the rules. 
Right. So it's in other words, we can't as 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 qualified professionals, one can't give advice where the sole intent is tax mitigation. There must be yeah. some broader purpose. And then if it happens yeah. to give a tax benefit, it does, but it's not only about I'm gonna avoid taxes kind of thing, right? Yeah, and gotcha. and we can improve, we can uh, optimize taxes, I would say, for the future. But when decisions are made, then we are we we, we have to to abide by the rules. And uh, mm -hmm. so you should come and see people before you you make important decisions. And uh, that's a good time to 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 see a consultant. And but when it is decided then you apply the rules. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So it, so in short, in this situation, it really depends on the circumstances, like where you're going to be, where's your wife going to be? And mm. that that will kind of drive it. And Tom, if you want to sure. get a, uh, a deeper dive into this situation, please feel free to reach out to Emily directly to discuss it. Okay. All right. Moving on. Okay. Hello. I have a few questions on topics that you might be talking about with the webinar tonight, okay? I'm a dual national, I'm American and French, married filing separately with a French spouse. And my French spouse is not American, okay? Uh, they're asking about PFIC or passive foreign investment companies. Uh, are PEAs, which we've discussed previously, PERs, yeah. and assurance Vs considered PFICs and what do you have to what do we have to declare so this is from a u.s perspective from a u.s perspective it's highly likely from our experience that they may be prefix but one can't generalize and say that they all are prefix right so we need to understand the the specifics of these policies and if they are prefix then as you probably are aware because from the way you phrase your question i can tell you've been doing some reading on this then it must be disclosed on your US returns in very specific ways as a form 8621, where you essentially need to mark to market every year. So even though you do not take a distribution from it, you are deemed to have received the distribution. So you pay tax, US taxes on that phantom income. So from a, you know, from a tax compliance perspective, you probably would want to sit with a US qualified professional to see whether they are prefixed. And if they are prefixed, then you'd need to, to do two things. You, from a US perspective, you may need to take corrective action and refile or amend previously filed returns, which neglected to disclose them as prefixed. And, you know, we can do that under something called the streamlined compliance procedure, which would allow us to do it you would pay interest on any taxes that may be owed, but you would legally avoid penalties, both civil and criminal. So that, that's a huge win. So that's the first thing we need to do with the past, and then we can help you plan for the future because there are certain ways of disclosing them that it's not gonna eliminate taxes, but it could potentially minimize them from a US perspective. So I hope that helps answer that part of your question. The next part of his or her question is, rental property i own a rental property with my husband uh what what do i declare to the irs what value of the property is it 50 okay gotcha from a u.s perspective uh you would whoever's doing your u.s tax return 
then you share the financials with that person. So how much is the rental income and all the expenses that would be associated with that property. And if it is that you own half of it, it's a 50-50 split with your husband, then 50% of the, the net profit will be attributable to you on your tax return. But it is definitely, even though it's outside of the U.S., it definitely must be disclosed uh, on your U.S. return and taxes paid if due. So moving on, this person has like four sections. So this is the third part. What is the threshold for Form 8938? Uh, generally speaking, so Form 8938 is a financial asset disclosure form, foreign financial asset disclosure. It came in with FATCA in uh, probably in 2011, 2012 or so. So it mirrors what's on the FBAR, which is the foreign bank account report. It kind of mirrors it, but there are some key differences. Anyway, so the threshold for disclosure, if given that you're outside of the US, uh, if you're married filing joint, then you're looking at the maximum aggregate balance on the last day of the tax year is more than 400,000 or more than 600,000 at any point in time during the year, then it's disclosed. If it is your filing separately, married filing separately, then it's 200,000. So if the maximum aggregate balance on the last day of the year is more than 200,000 or more than 300,000 at any point in time during the year, then it's disclosed. But of course, it's not just uh, cash in the bank, right? It could be insurance policies. It could be uh, assets that you hold. For example, if you invest in a home and you hold it through a, uh, a company that may add to the value. So it, you know, it shares in companies. So you know, you'd probably want to sit with a professional to see that you get it correct, at least the first time you do it to see, you know, because those thresholds are pretty key and you don't want to miss that because failure to report it could be uh, unpleasant. Okay. And the last part of your question Oh, no, there's another part after that. So tax treaties. Can we deduct taxes paid in the U.S. due to passive income on your French return? And I think uh, Ervi mentioned that before, the principle of tax credits is upheld by France, unlike some of its European neighbors, because some of the European neighbors aren't as, as uh, easy to deal with the tax office. So it's great. The great news that Ervi delivered to us is ta uh, uh, taxes paid to the US will be reflected on the French tax return. But bear in mind that French taxes tend to be higher, so you won't get the full exclusion. Uh, and sorry, one thing <laughs> I wanted to yeah. add. Yeah. Don't, don't think mm -hmm. that when you pay your, uh, for example, I have seen some people who already told me, oh, I have the, I am used to paying my, uh, my income tax in the US. So mm -hmm. I'll continue to pay in the US. And so yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> to pay in France. In fact, the, the US tax office doesn't give any money to the French tax office. <laughs> so it is your responsibility as taxpayers yeah. to have the tax treaty respected. And so yes. if some revenues are to be paid in France, 
then the tax office will ask you the, the cash. And it is useless mm -hmm. to say, but I have already paid that to the, to the American tax office. Go to the American tax office, get it reimbursed, <laughs> uh, but pay the French tax office. That's how it works. Okay, they, they don't work in common. Yeah, it's it's a it's quite a common misunderstanding. People think, well, I just need to file one return somewhere in the world. Yeah. Not, yeah. not understanding that the obligations and the responsibilities are a little bit more specific than that. But thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a clarifying. The last uh, part of this sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we had a question mm -hmm. of Roger Healy, and uh, maybe you don't see it, I don't know why. Yeah, uh, I'll it, get to that. Okay. He, uh, I'll get to that one because he asked his own last. Well, in, in terms of the slip. So okay, Roger, yeah. Roger, I'm not ignoring you, Roger. We'll, we'll get to it soon. So this this person, the last question they're asking is uh, retirement and assurance malady. So how is French retirement reported on US taxes? They're asking if they can uh, invoke the foreign earned income exclusion. So, I mean, just like France, the US wants you to report your worldwide income. So definitely it would be reported, right? However, when you suggest that section 911, the foreign earned income exclusion, it literally means the income has to be earned. And if it is that you're receiving the proceeds of uh, an asteroid malady or some sort of retirement product, that won't qualify under section 911. It has to be earned income. So, so to answer your question, yes, it's reported to the Internal Revenue Service in the US, but no, it will not be considered earned income for the purposes of that section 911 exclusion. Okay, and moving down. Okay, yeah, so we can get to Roger's part now. The US federal, Roger, sorry for the delay. The US federal wealth tax, there is none at, at this point in time. There has been some discussion among the political class about imposing a wealth tax both at the state level and at the federal level. But as of yet, you know, thank goodness, there, there is none. So nothing okay. to... It is simple. I have read the, the French tax treaty, and it says mm -hmm. it can, there can be uh, a tax credit if there is a federal uh, wealth tax. But the tax treaty doesn't change every year. I think uh, our per current tax treaty dates from uh, 1994. So uh, maybe uh, there was at this time a project for wealth tax and, uh, and uh, it was in the tax treaty and uh, that, that's all. Honestly, I am not competent for uh, US tax. I'm competent <laughs> for French tax. I can read the tax treaty <laughs> to tell you this is to be taxed in France or not. So then there is nothing to to set French wealth tax today. No, honestly, it is not. When a tax office builds a tax, they don't put so many ways to offset it. No, if you have some real estate sorry, in France. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, the, in fact, what you can do to offset some uh, real estate for of the French uh, wealth tax is to 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 be able to say it is a professional real estate that's yeah. the main point but and uh, as it is always the same thing you tax on the net wealth so if you have credits if you have a bank uh, credits uh, mm -hmm. to to pay for uh, 
for the real estate, then uh, it offsets the, 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 the value of the wealth. For example, I said, it is usual that an apartment is 1.3 million worth in Paris, but if you have a credit of 1 million, then the value is only 300, uh, 300 euros, and then the value of your real estate will grow over the years, uh, and uh, you have to wait some years before it is 1.3 million euros. Mm, okay, great. That, that, thanks for that clarification. Okay, and so there's nothing to correct, Roger. You're absolutely correct. So there's nothing to offset. Um, yeah, at this point in time, anyway. Of course, things can change among the political classes, we all know. Uh, any other questions? Yes, I can clarify what is, I'm just going to comment a bit more on PFIX because it is important because in France, so many of the products that may be tax efficient from a French perspective may not be tax efficient from a US perspective. And that's where they're treated as PFIX. PFIX is basically uh, one of those mechanisms within the US tax code that uh, ensure that US taxpayers aren't able to defer income and defer paying income taxes to the US based on investments that they make outside of the US. So one of the, the, the three most popular anti-deferral mechanisms that you would, uh, that our clients would typically encounter would be the first one would be subpart F. That's the oldest one. I think it started back maybe in the 60s, I, I believe. And that is, it, it's triggered for those who own companies outside of the, or have a substantial stake, a material stake in companies outside of the US. So I wouldn't get into it, but if you want to, we can. The, the second would be PFIX, which is a mechanism that came up in the 1980s, I think 1986, 1987, under President Reagan's tax reform, huge tax reform act in the 1980s. And then we have the guilty taxes, which were a creature of President Trump's Tax Cut and Jobs Act back in 2017. But going back to the PFIC, so a PFIC, that, that is uh, something that is recognized under Section 1297. So passive foreign investment companies, when you have a structure, so typically it's a structure that looks like a, a mutual fund. So a mutual fund outside of the US, even though the wrapper may be in the form of a pension, it may be in the form of an insurance product, when you open it from a, a US tax perspective, it becomes transparent and it's seen as a foreign mutual fund. And it's triggered by, if you have more than 75% of the gross income as passive income, like interest, dividends, capital gains, or more than 50% of the assets uh, for the production of passive income, so the 75, 50% rules. The, the, the important point to bear in mind is that it is anti-deferral. So what the service wants you to do is to, even though you have not taken a distribution, if there's any fluctuation in the value of the underlying investment, you must reflect it on your tax return. So it is a particular bugbear. People have been quite upset by it. There have been lawsuits. And as you would imagine, because many times when you consult with someone who is a French financial advisor, they are selling it to you 
from a French tax perspective, but they are not cognizant of the US tax implications. So that's just giving you a bit more context as to, to what it is and the need for special planning, as I mentioned before, you look back, you address the historical omissions, and we can we can help you implement proper planning going forward to minimize the tax burden. And I think it is important mm -hmm. to have a strategy. If you come to mm -hmm. France and say, for example, I will spend five years in France and then go back to the US, it mm -hmm. won't be the same strategy for investing as saying, I come to France, I hope to marry, uh, to have kids, and uh, then retire in France. Of course, uh, the financial products will not be the same. So it is important to, to speak of the strategy, what you want to do in the long term. Absolutely. You know, we, I'm a firm believer, and I'm sure as areas pointed out, in planning. Yeah, if, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So before you make important decisions, sit with a professional and get some planning done. <laughs> okay, any more questions? I'm just going to pick, take a quick look at Facebook to see what people are doing on Facebook. All right, great. Well, on that note, Thank you very much for your time this 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 evening or this morning if you're looking at it uh some part of the us please feel free to reach out to either myself or Hervé directly if you would like to engage us to to take any of the uh tax issues that you would have explored if you want to take it forward just reach out to us otherwise hg.tax we do this every week and we love talking about taxation have a good one see you next time bye bye hey, bye so if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life. Please subscribe, like, share, and comment below. Email us at help at htj.tax to engage us to advise on international tax or business matters.